my brothers and sisters. Actually, not my brothers and sisters. You're not related to me at all. You're my students. And anybody on the Oops All Topics. Um, what do we call it now? A radio station? Podcast station? I don't know. But anyways, this is my speech class audio for the week of... What week is it even? Like, do we even do weeks anymore? April 8th, 2020. Um, let's see here. How's everyone doing today? What a strange time we live in. We used to go to school every day, sit in rooms for an hour and 15 minutes, and now everything's on Blackboard and I have to do a podcast just to get my information out there. So, anyways, I hope you enjoyed the last episode. Uh, I mean, lots of lots of people downloaded it. Uh, so, and it was even optional, so that's good. At least about 70 or 80 of my students, and I only have about 100 students even. And so, uh, sounds like people are listening to this. That's good. Uh, so what do I, what do I want to talk about this week? Uh, the very first thing I ever talk about is probably going to be one thing that I just really want to make sure everyone understands. And, uh, and if you're not doing this, like you can just fast forward, but you cannot be reading your speech off, off camera. All right. You are not a news anchor with a teleprompter or you're not a late night talk show host that needs cue cards. That is totally impractical about the way that you would deliver a speech. Okay. Did I teach you whenever we were actually in class in January and February to have someone hold up cue cards while you sit on the ground to deliver a speech? Absolutely not. Those key fundamentals have to be continue to be practiced where we're standing up behind a podium presenting our speeches. And sure, it might be monotonous, but listen, how many times have you ever delivered a speech in your life? Three or four times, and they've all been in my classes. So yes, at this time of the semester, it really should be feeling monotonous to you that you have to always be standing up behind a podium with no cards on the podium and gesturing. That's the whole point of this class, to make it almost like riding a bike, right? If I was teaching a class on how to ride a bike, by the end of the semester, you would be probably bored and tired of riding a bike. But we're not done with our riding a bike semester. We have a few more speeches left, and honestly, we'll be done. You'll have to write an evaluation. Uh, we'll get to that here in a few minutes. But other than that, don't read your speeches off of the like off screen, okay? And you're also just you're 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 wasting time, right? Like just pre- prepare your speech, practice it five times, and then deliver it, and you'll be done. And I guarantee you, you're going to get an A in class. Right, your weight, your, and you know, here's another thing. You're not fooling me. Like I can see your eyeballs, and they're going from left to right on my screen, left to right, left to right. You're clearly reading something, and you think that I think you have like your speech miraculously memorized. It also sounds like you're reading too. All right, something that isn't so much of a big deal, and I think everyone's getting to the point where they're okay with it, is that if you do have some sort of podium, like. I'm not going to grade it, okay? But what I am going to grade is that if you do not have a podium or you're just saying, nope, not going to even try to have a podium. Folks, there's no way that you can't make a podium. Like, you can make a podium out of stacking 150 books or four pieces of luggage or three boxes or anything, okay? If you have stuff at your house 
pile it up until it kind of looks like a podium and then put your note cards on that and then present from that, okay? I'm not going to give you a bad grade because you're using a beanbag chair in 10 books to use your podium. I understand that we are in a really weird time and we have to be as, as accommodating as possible. But what I'm not going to be accommodating with is not presenting your, is presenting your speech without a podium, all right? This whole class is meant to prepare you for public speaking outside of class and public speaking involves a podium all right and remember once you have a podium then you can put your note cards on it and once you can put your note cards on there then you can gesture appropriately okay fantastic that's really it as far as you know like I don't know, harassing people over the over the airwaves. And if you're not doing either of those things, and you're totally fine, if you are preparing what I call a really great public speaking context, then you're you're meeting the bar, you're exceeding the bar. And especially those of you that have audiences, kudos to you. That's really, really cool. Okay. So some of you may be a week maybe even 10 days away from getting this lecture. Uh, but I am wanting to talk a little bit about the special occasion lecture uh, that is going to be coming up either right now if you're in one of my Tuesday, Thursday classes, or it's going to be in a week or so if you're in my Monday or Thursday night classes or my Saturday uh, morning class. But anyways, our next chapter is going to be on unique occasions. I'm not going to go over the entire chapter right now because this is only like a 20-minute uh, little audio show. Uh, but anyways, I just wanted to talk uh, this final chapter that we talk about, this Unit 3. It's a very quick chapter. It's, it's only, it's, I'm sorry, it's a quick unit uh, and, uh, because it's only one chapter, and it's the chapter in the book called Unique Occasions. And realistically, this is the one of the one of the speeches or the few speeches in this semester where you'll actually apply this in the real world. Not to say that you're never going to have to do an informative or persuasive speech ever again in college, but that's just the thing. There's nowhere in outside of this class that you're going to have to deliver something that sounds or resembles like an informative or a persuasive speech. Maybe if you're running for president, but ultimately, the one thing you're always going to have to persuade people on is yourself in a job interview. Or you may have to do some sort of unique, unique occasion speech or a special occasion speech like we're going to talk about today. You'll have this term called a time to speak, and if you're following along with my lecture, uh, that's where I'm at. I'm on the very first slide. Uh, think of any large gathering or event. The event typically has a speech that marks the occasion, <clears throat> like talking about a wedding or a funeral. Uh, if someone has to apologize, uh, maybe you have, maybe you're at like some sort of gala or event uh, or banquet where there's a there's someone who delivers a speech. Uh, if this person is you, you've got to make sure to keep your structure simple. Uh, now, Corva Rubius, you emailed me uh, a couple days ago and said, "Hey, do we need to have a particular structure to the uh, toast speech, like the like the normal generic structure we do in class?" And the answer is no. You actually have to have the toast structure, which is presented in the special occasions in the, in this special occasion lecture. And also, I'll probably talk about it a little bit here too. Okay, so we're abandoning the rules of the lecture, I'm sorry, of the structure to accommodate these particular speeches. And one of the main reasons is, is because I don't mind if you sound like a robot in the informative and the persuasive speeches, but during the special occasion speeches, we got to kind of sound a little bit more human, okay? 
Your delivery doesn't change though. Your delivery, your delivery is going to be extemporaneous as usual. A one-sided conversation with the audience, prepared, practiced, potentially using note cards. Should you use evidence or visual aids? Uh, that's totally up to you, but specifically the visual aids at a wedding. Let's say you wanted to do some sort of slideshow projection. You're going to have to have the projector. You're going to have to have the huge background. You're going to have to have the internet. Like You're just going to have to have a bunch of things. And what if you don't have the, the Wi-Fi password, right? So I would say in this instance, just like the structure, keep it simple. <clears throat> Why does the speaker in the picture lose credibility? Well, I feel like he's using a note card and he's just making it extremely obvious that he's using that note card. I don't think anybody's going to be walking away from this speech saying, wow, that's a guy, that guy's an amazing speaker, and that's what you want them to do. Uh, let's see here. After-dinner speeches are lighthearted and topical. We're not going to spend too much time on after-dinner speeches because the structure is just persuasive. If you ever have to deliver a speech, like an after-dinner speech, you just have to deliver, deliver it in a persuasive structure, such as like problem, solution, advantages. So we're not going to do any after-dinner speeches. Uh, we're also not going to do eulogies, but I'm sure you know what a eulogy is. This is a speech that praises. Uh, in this speech, you provide some life history, you mark some unique achievements, and you ask the audience to remember the good times. Uh, typically, the person that gives the eulogy is not a preacher, but it's also someone not so close to the person that they're going to be crying the entire time. So it's going to be somebody who really should be an effective speaker, knows the person, but doesn't isn't so close to them that they're going to be just totally, totally like a sobbing nightmare whenever they're delivering the speech. This person has to deliver the speech with no tears, all right? How was the eulogy of a, at a funeral you last attended? The last funeral that I even watched was uh, President Bush's on television, and uh, his son, George W. Bush, the 43rd president, actually delivered a pretty good speech. Uh, one speech that we don't do in class, but you should really understand how to structure, is an apologia. If you think that word looks familiar, it's because it should. It's the, it's the root word of apology. And uh, an apology speech, a formal apology in speech form is what we call an apologia. It's a great way to control a damaging issue. And the strategy is to get the informa information out there and then move on. Those of you that watch a lot of news or watch a lot of sports, you'll see this a lot whenever some sort of athlete or some sort of entertainer gets in trouble. They issue a formal apology with a particular structure like we're going to talk about right now. And then they move on. And the reason for this is because they don't want to talk about it over and over and over again. A year or two ago, whenever Kevin Hart, uh, some tweets uh, were uh, unearthed about him being disparaging to gay people. Um, he said, I apologize for previous tweets. Let's move on. People kept bringing it up and he said, hey, I've already talked about it. Let's move on. And he was in the right. Once you apologize, you don't have to just dwell in it. That's the whole point of an apology is to get your get your side out there, apologize so you can move forward. Like if I do something wrong with my wife and I have to apologize every day of my life, that's going to be a nightmare. I want to apologize once and I want to move on. If you dwell on something, even post-apology, and if you're like the victim of that, that's your problem. So anyways, whenever and this is just good sound advice for anybody that know that wants to structure an apology correctly, whether it's for your spouse or for your boss or for your teacher. 
uh, the first thing you do is that you explain your issue objectively. Now, let's just say you're late for class and you want you want me to be okay with that. Well, you would come up to me and you'd say, hey, uh, Mr. Edgar, uh, I just had like a flat tire and on top of the flat tire, I don't have AAA, so I wasn't able to get to class in time. The second thing you would do is you apologize to the people in the groups. And so let's say that you missed class, you, you would apologize to me. And let's say you were doing a group project and you let your group down, then you would apologize to the individuals in your group and probably the class at large. And so whenever you're apologizing, make sure you start off with specific individuals and then you move on to bigger and bigger groups. And then the final thing you do is you provide a solution that, so that it never happens again. You fixed your tire, uh, you got AAA, you know, whatever you need to do, and then provide some introspection. Uh, maybe I should leave earlier for class next time, or maybe I should have assurance that I have a vehicle that's going to work uh, 100% of the time, or Uber next time. Just have some introspection along with the solution so that you show that you grow as a person. And it is also optional to donate to a charity related to the issue. Uh, and this isn't just like a structure that Mr. Edgar thinks is really cool. For starters, you learn how to you learn how to structure these apologies in public relation classes, where you explain the issue objectively, you apologize, and you provide a solution. But also, companies do this. And if you're some sort of um, what do they call it, the strategic communicator, crisis communicator, if that's your job. All you ever do is submit formal apologies. If you see my example from Yahoo, uh, earlier today, a tweet that reflected bad judgment was posted and has been deleted. We apologize to Google and the Gmail team. So in one tweet, Yahoo apologized, and they did everything in my structure that I talked about, and it's what? 40 words, and they, they followed the exact apologia structure. I'll let you figure that out later. Okay, so the last thing I want to talk about is the toast. Uh, and this is actually going to be an assignment. A toast, by definition, is a brief salute. And you could do this toast anywhere where you are celebrating another person. Imagine somebody graduates from high school or college and you're at their graduation uh, party and you want to give them a toast. You would celebrate them and then you'd give them advice and move on. Uh, at a wedding, someone's getting married, or somebody got a big promotion, okay? It's not you celebrating yourself, and also, you probably shouldn't uh, give the toast if you're also the one that's paying for it, and I'll get to that later, all right? So anytime you're celebrating someone else, you're going to use a toast, and there is a particular toast structure, okay? And it should only last about a minute to a minute and a half. Toast, uh, if you ever see or hear a long toast outside of this class, understand that that's probably not a great thing to do. William Shakespeare says, brevity is the soul of wit. And you're outside of any educational institution. It doesn't have to be a 35-minute long speech. It could be a minute-long speech doing the four things that I talk about, and that's it. And that's what I want you to do for your assignment as well. So anyways... Again, referencing back to Corvarubius, uh, one of my students, this is the structure that you use. Everybody, you should use this structure for the toast. The first thing you do is introduce yourself and the connection to the person being celebrated. So I'm going to use the example of me celebrating my friend Corey's uh, wedding because I gave the toast at his wedding. I talked about how me and Corey had known each other for X amount of years. We worked at Olive Garden together and we also lived together uh, while I was in graduate school. 
If you want to bulk up the speech, you can also talk about your connection to both individuals, or if there's just one individual, go on and on about how you know that person. The second thing you do is you thank the person or people paying for the event, okay? There's not going to be any other public engagement time where the people paying for the event are going to get a thank you out loud. And so this is what you should do, and you should thank them by name, okay? So whenever I was at Corey and Sarah's wedding, I didn't say thanks to their mom and dad because no one knows who that is, right? But if I say thank you to Connie and Kevin Blackburn, then everybody knows exactly who those individuals are. And if you say the exact names in your speech, you're going to get full credit. If you say something like mom and dad or the parents or aunt and uncle, you can lose points because you need to thank the people by name paying for the event. If this was a traditional semester where we had a class, we would actually applaud there and then we would move on, but you're not going to have to do that this time. The third thing that you do in this toast is that you tell a story, but make it brief, okay? Tell a story about how you met Corey or how you met the individual that's getting a promotion or how you, let's say, set up the couple that's getting married and you were there on their first date. Just tell some sort of sort of story that will end with some something humorous or something like romantic or something that's like heartfelt and genuine because you want that emotion right before you give the advice to the individuals that you're celebrating, okay? So really quick, introduce yourself, thank the people paying, tell a story, and offer advice, okay? And make sure that story has some sort of emotional ending so you you have some sort of response from the audience, you give the person heartfelt, genuine advice, and then you're done. And then you do so many things in that speech where you introduce yourself, you do a good job looking humble and thanking people paying for it. You're not a stand-up comedian, but you tell a story that, that ends in a laugh or ends in some sort of heartfelt moment, and you offer some meaningful advice. And you do that in what, a minute, 90 seconds? Fantastic. And that's what you're going to do for the speech. Specifically on that structure, um, yeah, most individuals who get this will, um, it says April 14th right now, but just specifically for the class, it's going to be, it's going to be due when it's going to be due. But people who are listening to this, this is for my Tuesday, Thursday classes where it's due April 14th. Uh, you're supposed to prepare a one minute toast for a friend's promotion or wedding. Follow the toast structure. No note cards, this should be easy, and record a full shot of you behind the makeshift podium and submit it by email. And that's it. Fantastic. Are we still recording? Yeah, going 18 minutes in, and I don't even think I'm happy. I don't even think I'm real done. Oh, we did the structure. We did the special occasion lecture. Uh, before I wrap up here, uh, let me just tell you, for those of you that are experiencing my fallacy quiz right now, so this might not be my Tuesday, Thursday class, but it might be my night classes and morning class. Um, if you need to take that quiz, you need to take it immediately, okay? Because we only have like a few more weeks of the semester and you can't that just have that be looming the entire time. So either go to the link that is provided or if that link doesn't work, send me an email and I'll send you a new link, okay? There's way more people than not who are saying that they are having success taking the quiz, so it's not just you, it's not just me and my link, it's gotta be something on your end where you're just not taking it. And I'm not taking any points off uh, whenever you take the fallacy quiz because it's tough already. 
Uh, let's see here. Also, you also might want to provide me your name or do an email that has your name in it because the only way that I know who got a score on my quiz maker is by their email. And I don't know who Ray64 is, okay? R-A-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-64. I don't know who you are. There was one that was called Christina Nicole at gmail.com. I'm not even sure I have a Christina. Uh, but you're not going to get credit for your quiz if um, if I don't know who, you're, who, who you are, okay? And if you already emailed me and said, hey, that's me, you're doing a good job. So I'm talking to the people that have taken the quiz but for some reason have a zero on their uh, fallacy quiz grade. Just communicate with me. That's all you have to do. I mean, what else am I doing in all honesty, right? I'm just sitting here, and anytime you send me a quiz grade or anytime you send me a speech, I am grading it. And that's another thing, the makeup speeches. I think I've only got like one makeup speech this semester, or I'm sorry, since we've been in this pandemic. Folks, what else are you doing right now? If you have any makeup speeches that you have to do, the extemp speech, the demo speech, the informative speech, even the persuasive speech that just passed, you can submit it. Now, maybe other professors are wanting you to hop on Blackboard at the exact time that class starts for your classes and stuff like that, but that's not this class. This class is suddenly nebulous and free form, meaning that you can just submit anything at any time. That's my way of being accommodating, okay? I want you to get a grade for every single speech that we do. So, if you're sitting at home with two zeros for speeches and you're bored because there's nothing to do during the pandemic, please let me encourage you to up to upload one of your speeches. And obviously you have to prepare it and you have to practice it and you have to deliver it and things like that. But trust me, what else are you doing? Like all you can do is just boost your grade by sending me speeches. And most of the time, folks, whenever I'm grading these speeches, I'm not taking off points. I'm just being super nice. I'm saving lots of money, not by, I guess, traveling to Morton. And we're and I got like a tax return and we're getting the stimulus money and stuff. Like, I don't know why I'm going off subject so much, but it's like life is good. And whenever life is good for me, I typically don't take off points. OK, so send me your speeches if you have a zero to be made up. <laughs> just talk to everybody about how good my wallet is. Trust me to say, I have bills. You know, I have a little baby to feed. Okay, but I will end by saying, what are some things to expect for the rest of the semester, okay? If you're somebody like, who's got all the speeches done, and you've done the quiz, and you've done the, um, you've even done my special occasion chapter, and you're preparing your toast right now, and everybody in between. Um, the first thing, like, like I think we have some people that are still doing maybe the value speeches. You can do those any time. Um, we have the persuasive speech. It's 150 points. Uh, what else is there? Uh, we have the toast speech coming up. Everyone's going to have to do a toast eventually. Uh, don't forget about your evaluation. If you've already done an evaluation, uh, send it to me, like uh, Zochito Lopez, like I, I've gotten yours and graded it. Uh, maybe you've already been to some sort of social gathering and you wanted to do your test or speech over, or your, I'm sorry, your paper over that. You most certainly can. Uh, but if you want to wait for just another week, I may change some of the stipulations of that assignment. You'll be the first to know. And then we're going to have our final, which is actually going to be a third big speech. And uh, 
along with like just some optional makeups, that's it for the semester. So for my Tuesday, Thursday class, a lot of you just have the toast, the outside evaluation, and the final exam to do, and you can do those once I submit them at any time. There might even be an opportunity in my Tuesday, Thursday class where you're done with the class before finals week, okay? If you just, if you just stick to doing the assignments whenever I put them out there, you could really wrap this class up in week 16. And that is it for my speech audio for the week. Last week was 20 minutes. Uh, this week it looks like it's going to be about 25 minutes. Uh, I have fun recording these, folks. I like yelling at you at the beginning, saying stop reading your speeches, and then I also like lecturing, and then I also talk. I also like talking about the rest of the semester. Maybe I just like talking. Hmm. Maybe I should stop right now. All right. If you have any questions, please email me either at judger1982 at gmail.com or jason.edgar at morton.edu. Thanks and be safe.